Hello everybody. So today I'm going to be sharing on the message entitled The Significance of Death in Life. So apparently as Christians we have to die. There's no aspect we have to die in certain aspects of our lives, in certain areas of our lives. So there's a significance of why we should die and most people don't undergo the death process but they just reclaim they just say Jesus Christ I accept you as my lord and personal savior but yet you haven't put certain things on hold and you haven't put certain things to death So before I go into the message I'm just going to define death as an action or fact of dying or being killed the end of life of a person or organism So you find that you have to end life life in what aspect that's what we're going to look at and we're going to look into so first let me take you to the book of matthew 16 verse 24 to 27 which reads then said jesus unto his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it for what if a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul what shall a man give in exchange of his soul for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father and his angels and then he shall reward man according to his works so from there what do you see it says we have to take ourselves to the cross to go and be crucified what happens when you're crucified you have to undergo a death process so there's the aspect of death we have to die so now the question may be what are we dying to so let me take you to the book of galatians 5 which shall illustrate what we are dying to because the the things that we have to die to in life that people don't undergo and die to so go to the book of galatians 5 verse 16 uh, from 16 all the way to 26 and it reads this i say unto you then walk in the spirit and ye shall not be filled fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would but if ye be led of the spirit ye are not under the law now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance envyings wrath strife seditions heresies envyings murderers drunkenness revelings uh, and such like of the which i tell you before i as i have told you in the time of the past that they that which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit this fruit of the spirit is joy love peace long-suffering gentleness good faith goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the attractions and lust and if ye live in the spirit let us walk in the spirit let us not be desirous of vainglory and provoking one another envying one another so from there we see that there are two aspects of our life we have the spirit and the flesh so here what the what the word is trying to encourage us is you have to put to death the flesh aspect of your life in order for you to live in accordance to the spirit because if you don't have the spirit of god you cannot inherit the kingdom of god that's in accordance with the word and here at this um, yeah 
verse 17 for the flesh lasteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that they cannot so that ye cannot do the things that ye would so you see you have a lot of things that you are supposed to do Probably some of you are supposed to get rich. Some of you are supposed to attain your blessings. Some of you are supposed to move forward. Some of you are supposed to progress in your academics. But because you haven't put to death a certain part of you, you cannot do what you have to do. Look at this. When you look at the Satanists, what do they do for them to be able to do what they do? They put to death a certain part of them. They kill a significant part of them, which is their soul. They kill their spirit and they say, I will go in accordance with the flesh. Whatsoever I do, I have given my soul away to the demonic world. So you see, that's why the enemy is able to do what they are able to do. That's why they have the powers that they have. But we as believers are very shaky when it comes to killing ourselves, (laughs) which is very disappointing. So mostly what God is trying to highlight is there are certain things, there are certain aspects that you have to put to death. It may be the music, it may be the friends, it may be the attraction to money, it may be the social life, it may be in different situations that you have to put to death. So anyways, the first significance of death is for us to have life. <laughs> so uh, we'll go to the book of Second Corinthians Five verse seventeen, which say, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. <laughs> so you see, other people don't die, but in order for you to die, for you to live, you must die. So why do you die? You die in order for you to live. And how do you live? You live in Christ. How do you live in Christ? You put to death the desires of the flesh. So you see, there's a procedure. Then if you look at it also, you cannot put to death your spirit. That would be a very bad thing. Go to the book of Romans 6 verse 23, which says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see, when you wedge war or when you wedge your sin and you just keep on sinning, because you know sin differs. What you regard as sin may be something different from what God regards as sin. So the wages of sin is death. So you keep on piling up that sin and you keep on saying, no, I'm not sinning. Probably you're hearing a voice that's telling you this is wrong and yet you're still going back to that wrong thing. So you won't be able to live in accordance with the God's word. You won't be able to live in accordance with God's promises. And you think maybe God is not answering my prayers. No, he's trying to answer your prayers, but you haven't yet gone to your cross. And as Posse Jong would say is, Say, he said, you haven't yet gone to Golgotha, where Jesus went. Because he's advising us to go die in order for us to live. You see, <laughs> we also die in order for us to progress. Um, I think it should be the Apostle Paul who said, I die daily in order for me to live righteous and live in accordance with God's word and so on. So the reason he was dying is in order for him to progress. Because if you don't die on a daily basis, then you're not going to progress and live a life that you're supposed to live. You're not going to do the things that you're supposed to do. You're not going to heal the way you're supposed to heal. You find that the grace is there waiting for you, but you are not yet ready to attain it because you don't want to die. So there's a significance in death. That is, it helps us progress when we die. When we put to death the things that we need. 
So then, we also die in order for us to attain power. So you should go to the book of Matthew 1 verse, no, Matthew 4 verse 1 to 11. It's about Jesus fasting. You see, people don't realize why Jesus fasted even before he started his ministry. Jesus was fasting before he started his ministry because he was trying to put to death the desires of the flesh, the desires that came by virtue of him having this meat suit called the flesh. So he was on that fast so that he can be able to take away all those other aspects that were not drawing him closer to God. So he was trying to reconnect a candle between him and God. And afterwards, you see in chapter 5, that's when Jesus started his ministry. Because the first thing was the baptism. Baptism, he got our sins. So for him now to manage our sins, what did he do? He went and fasted. What was fasting doing? Fasting was killing part of the aspects. Anyways, we'll learn this when it comes to how to die. So the aspect here is we die in order to attain power. So some of you were like, ah, okay, God has given me grace. Probably you prayed for somebody days ago, weeks ago, months ago. They got healed, something about blessings, but yet it only happened a one-time thing. Why isn't it happening again? You haven't died. The grace is there, but it's just not available for it yet. So um, the fourth thing that death helps us do is it helps us to realize that when we obtain life, we shall be pure enough. What is purity? So let us go to the book of Matthew 5 verse 8. And it says, Blessed are the, blessed are the pure heart of heart, for they shall see God. So you see, you can never see God working miracles. You can never see God working wonders in your life. You can never see God in your life practically if you don't have a pure heart. How do you have a pure heart? When you put to death the old things, when you die on the cross, when you crucify the sins, when you crucify the things that you are lasting over. So that also helps us obtain a pure life. A pure heart, sorry, so that we can see the face of God. That's the significance of death and life. Then the fifth aspect is it helps us inherit the kingdom of heaven. So go to the book of Matthew 19, verse 16 to 23. This is one of the most interesting Bible verses because it depicts what most of us believers nowadays are doing. Because I remember in the sermon, I think by Apostle Joshua Selman, he said, this generation, we have more distractions than ever, than any other generation. So you find that we don't have enough time for God. We don't have enough time to put to death the things that are holding us back from God. So anyways, the scripture reads, as I quote, and Simon Peter answered, oh sorry, um, Matthew, it's Matthew 19, verse 16, all the way to 23. And it says, and behold, one came and said unto him, good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, why callest thou good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, which Jesus said, Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor and thyself. 
The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my mouth, from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) So you see, uh, this man, the rich man, it means each and every one of us, believers and unbelievers, and those who are still believing God for something. There is something that we always hold on to. Some of us, it may be our social life. It may be that friend. It may be that boyfriend. It may be that girlfriend. It may be that music. It may be that TV show. But we cannot follow Christ. Not until we just let go of it. Not until we just stay away from it. Abstain from it. As I said, there's a voice that usually tells you what you're doing is wrong. But we are so slow to hear to the voice. So you find that we are not progressing in our spiritual life. So you see, the thing is, if you don't put to death your life, for you to have life in Christ, then you won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's in accordance with the first scripture I read and with Matthew 19. So you find that some people are holding on to their friends, their social life. They want likes and all these other things. But all these things are profane glory. They won't take you anywhere. So some of you are holding on to money, some of you are holding... There are several things that we all hold on to, that we regard as our possessions. And we say that, I can't live without it. And that's our generation right there. We'll be like, ah, I can't live without it. I can't live without TV. I can't live without... I can't live without you, my friend. I can't live without you, my boyfriend. So you find there are those aspects. But yet we are forgetting we are living without Christ, which is a very dangerous thing. Because if you live without Christ, it means you're living in darkness. And when you live in darkness, it means that you are swayed by the things of this world. And it means that you won't be able to grow the way you're supposed to grow. So God is trying to say that. Put to death that which needs to die in order for you to live, for you to attain the power, for you to inherit my kingdom, for you to have eternal life, for you to progress, for you to actually see me work in your life, for you to work, see, see me perform wonders, to perform miracles, to give you your destiny helpers, to give you that financial breakthrough, to give you that breakthrough that you have been praying for. God is just saying, put to death that which needs to die. Then all these things shall come to you. So however, I've talked about the significance of death in life. Now, let me direct you on how to die. Surprisingly, we have to die. Most people would be like, uh, dying, really? Like, I have to die? What's dying? So dying, we are going, as already defined, is putting to death something that won't come back to life. So we as Christians, we are supposed to put to death the desires of the flesh. Probably some of us have desires of the flesh. 
besides the desires of the flesh, we have to put to death certain aspects of our life, like how we used to live our lives. Because now, as Christians, we are supposed to have a different character. Because you see, when a Satanist joins Satanism, he sells his soul. He begins to live in a certain characteristic manner. But sometimes we believers say, Jesus is my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I receive you. Yes, you received him. But have you yet done that which needs to be done? Are you beginning to walk in the character that God has given you? How, how do you walk in the character when you haven't yet put to death the things that need to die? Just also another aspect on power. You see, the disciples could not cast out the demon from the child. Because as God says, such do not go out unless by prayer and fasting. There's a reason Jesus said that to them. So anyways, how do we die? So I'll tackle these three things together. We die by prayer, fasting, and the word of God. So the disciples could not cast out the demon out of the boy because as Jesus said, this such does not come out by flesh and blood only. Oh, sorry, does not come out anyhow, but only through what? Prayer and fasting. So there's the aspect of praying and fasting. So why do you pray and fast? We pray and fast. We actually fast in order for us to die. Because when you fast, you are giving up certain privileges. You are giving up that thing that is holding you back. Because you get, fasting is not all about just me staying away from food and water. It's about also staying away from that thing that you hold in possession and that you think as though is going to help you, that you think that is beneficial for you. But fasting is just abstaining from it and just say, okay, just for a while, let me seek my God. So you are fasting and praying. As I said, it's for you to attain power, inherit the kingdom. All those privileges come when you die. But we just have to pray and fast. Sacrifice the time. Sacrifice your life. Put God first. And you see wonder-working miracles. Even Jesus, before he started his ministry, he could not start healing. He could not start administering the word. He could not start performing miracles and wonders because he... He first had to put to death the things that came with him coming into the form of a flesh, coming into the form of, the th- of, of a human being by virtue of him being born through woman. There are things that were still tied to his blood. There are things that are also tied to your blood because you haven't put to death your flesh. You find that those things will be haunting you. That's why you have generational curses. You have ancestral spirits. You have all these other spirits and forces that are fighting you. You find that people have been poverty stricken in your family and yet nothing is changing. Because people are not putting to death certain aspects of their life. Sometimes it's also about putting to death certain mentalities of your life. It's not all about just putting to death the aspects, the living, the lifestyle and all that. But sometimes it's also the thoughts. Because the thoughts drive us towards the things of the flesh. So prayer and fasting. Reading the word. Help us. To overcome and to die. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Then in accordance with Psalms 1, happy are those who reject the advice of evil people, who do not follow the examples of sinners, or join those who have no use for God. Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord. So you see, there's also obedience of the law of the Lord. 
Because this, you're saying, in accordance with Matthew, you're saying if you want to follow Christ, you have to put the cross, you have to go crucify yourself. Then Jesus says, you have to give up your things, as he was talking to the rich man. Give up your things and follow me. Those are instructions that Jesus has said. So we also have certain instructions that we are ought to follow. So certain times you find that scriptures and certain provisions of the word come to you more than twice. Those are signs that you are supposed to do certain things. But because we are disobedient to the word, we cannot die. Because disobedience is part of the old things that we haven't put to death. The pride that we haven't put to death. So, um, the last thing on how to put to death our flesh is to ask God to avail to you what you need to kill. So you see, most people, uh, when you look at certain sins, certain sins are not known of. Because what I what we call as murder, we call murder as killing people, eh? But what God regards as murder is so different. So you have to ask God, God, show me the ways of Satan. Show me the, the, the things that my flesh desires the most. So that, dear Father God and Lord, I may abstain from them. You find that sometimes it's your WhatsApp, but you... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, sometimes it's your WhatsApp. Sometimes it's your social media. Sometimes it's certain friends you're supposed to stay away from. So you ask God, who am I supposed to stay away from? Because the two cannot walk together unless they agree. That means also the spirit that is attracting or that is attracted to your friend who might also rub off on you if you're not careful. So you're asking God to unveil to you the certain things, the certain people, the certain circumstances that you're supposed to stay away from. Oh yeah, then I almost forgot. This should be the last thing. How to die, you change environment. You see, Jesus and all these other people, all the men of God in the Bible, when they were fasting, they did not fast where the people were. They went in different places. They had to change environment because it was significant for Jesus to go into the desert. He had to change his environment for him to die because he cannot die where people are actually living a different type of life that is attracted to your flesh. So you find that some of us try to die, but yet we are in environments that still our flesh lead us there. Some of you are saying, ah, panarideka uluwalua. Oh, sorry. I stopped beer. I stopped uh, smoking. I stopped girls. I stopped loving money. But yet the environment that we are in says different. Because it's more like you've decided with your word of mouth, but you haven't decided with your whole body. So God says you have to change your environment. Because the thing is, let me give you an example. If you see seeds, when you buy seeds or even chabem shop, right, or pick and pay or anywhere, those ones in the sachet, they cannot grow where they are until you put them in the soil. So you also as a believer, you cannot die until you change the environment. Then when you change the environment, you find that you'll be able to grow and bring forth good fruit. That's the same also in Psalms 1 as it says, study the way day and night. So it means your changing of environment also involves you getting into the word. You are also hearing the word, listening to what the word has to say into your life. Because God is always speaking, but we are always slow to hear. So he's always telling you the things that you need to get rid of so that you can live a perfect life even though you may not be perfect so anyways we are all meant to die and human beings are one of the most difficult beings that have not realized the significance of death in life 
because we always want to live with in accordance with a particular pattern caterpillars die before they become butterflies seeds die before they become, bring forth fruits or before they bring forth vegetables because there's a change in form of each and everything it has to go a dying process animals and ego goes and sheds its feathers that's a process of dying when it sees the feathers are old it goes in the mountains and hides in order for it to die because it's changing environment because it knows on the outside there are things that are aiming for it so you find that if you don't change the environment you don't put yourself in an environment where you can grow the enemy would target you you won't be able to bring forth that good fruit you won't be able to attain those blessings you won't be able to progress in life you won't be able to get that grace that miracle working power that you're supposed to have in order for you to perform the miracles in order for you to do the things that you, god has called you for So anyways my prayers i hope this word has helped someone out there don't forget to share the word because one of the aspects of loving your brother or your sister is sharing the word coming from god thank you very much for listening